Now, let's head over to the hotline and we will talk to Tim May. Let's bring in Tim May of Letterman Row. Hello, Tim. How are you? I'm doing extremely well, except I'm working to try to fix a door in my barn. You know what I'm saying? You ever had that problem? Andy has to fix a lot of doors in his barns. That's the, you know, he's a farmer, farmer basket. Oh, that's, you know what? I was just thinking back to our good friend Dom Tiberi, where I think I learned the hay is in the barn when you're just about to win in Euchre. Isn't that what it is? The hor- oh, the, yeah, the, but you don't the horse is in the barn, you, not the hay. Sorry. You don't, want a do- you don't want a hole in that door of the barn to let others in to get that hay that you painstakingly put up in the loft and elsewhere. So, uh, anyway. I'm yeah, glad you brought that up because, uh, you know. Working on it. The hay last week against Northwestern was the element. Smooth. And not a lot of I, – I like I, people who want to talk about, oh, Ohio State didn't look that good last week. I'm like, you didn't watch the game. I, I'm, I, when we saw the rain coming in sideways at one point and the fact yeah. that C.J. Stroud has more yards rushing than he does passing should have said Some, something's not right with that. Something, something's yeah. not right, right? Are we on the same page? Yeah. I mean, well, he was squinting to keep the rain out of his face on that first possession and the – the wind is blowing almost from the due south at about uh, between, depending on what weather reports you looked at at the moment, between 25 and 45 miles an hour, depending on the gusts and stuff. And uh, and they still insisted. I even wrote a story about that, uh, uh, you know, on Letterman Row this week about how Ryan Day they still insisted on trying to throw the ball because they had built a, a game plan that they thought would take, you know, would take into account the wind. But not like uh, nearing gale force winds. You know what I mean? You, you almost have to have it slapped in your face a few times. And uh, that's what Ryan Day said when I asked him, do you have these two little voices arguing with each other in your head? And he goes, it's funny. It's like you bugged my head because that's exactly what he was going through. And uh, you don't want to believe stuff. You've prepared for the wind. You've never prepared for a wind like that. You know. And I'm, I'm talking about from a passing game standpoint. So it took him a long time, uh, in my opinion, to get away from – what clearly was not going to work on a consistent basis and try to run the ball even more forcefully. But anytime you can get CJ Stroud involved in the passing in, in the running game, I've been saying this all year, man, if he just ran the ball two or three or four times a game, it would change a lot of things. And uh, he ran what six or eight times against Northwestern career high, 79 yards. He ran for more yards than he passed for 79 yards, 76. And by the end of the day, not by the end of that game, for sure, but by the end of the day, he was back on top of uh, the uh, Heisman uh, Trophy uh, uh, race list, at least uh, for a couple of books out of uh, Las Vegas, which probably make as much sense as anybody else's poll. But, uh, yeah, they figured out and found a way. And, Andy, what I've been telling everybody, everybody's worried about their running game. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Ryan Day is definitely worried about the short yardage running game of just being able to blow somebody off the ball when you really have to. Uh, but if they hadn't had a running game last week, they would not have won. So, you know, it's just uh, everybody wants wants it to be perfect. And when the weather's not perfect, it's it's hard for the football team to be with a uh, eleven moving parts out there and eleven more more than that, eleven brains working all at the same time on this like mainframe computer. You know, you want them all online. They're not necessarily all online at the same time. Tim, ahead, that's man. one thing, though. To I'm, me, I'm diving deep into my analogies here. It's time to rescue me. Go ahead. We, we kind of like it, though. It's one thing that I, I think that teams don't often get enough credit for. You know, okay, so the elements made you play a different style of football. You might not get style points for it. You might not benefit in the rankings. 
But I, I just think it shows a good football team. All right, hey, we got to go to plan B. Let's do it. And you still win, and you win convincingly. Yeah, well, that was the bottom line, and that is the bottom line in the modern college football era. Get the W, you know. And uh, if you look really good doing it, hey, kudos. And you'll get some style points, but get the W. You know, it's like like I've told you all, it's like riding a, you know, a bull in the PBR. You know, the first thing on your mind is get to eight seconds. And then if you get to eight seconds, did you ride a, a really good bull or a rank bull? Well, the judges will decide. And uh, and then, of course, after eight seconds, you still got to get off of that damn thing. Uh, but, the, but the bottom line is get to the eight-second mark and then uh, let the chips fall where they may. And that's what Ohio State did last week. I mean, that was a ridiculous win. It, uh, Ohio, I've never covered an Ohio State game that, where they played anything close to that. And, you know, you guys saw a Cleveland a Browns game, I think, was that last year or a few years ago that was pretty windy? Yeah. Of course, there was the Bills. There was the Bills Patriots uh, debacle last year. I think it was. Yeah. In uh, Mac Jones December. threw three passes. Yeah. And and the thing is, Ryan Day during the week in preparation went back and looked at those games to try to figure out what worked and what wouldn't work in something like that. But you know, there's a big difference between even NFL stadiums and like that stadium Saturday. That stadium has no, you know, front, has no in. I, I kept to it, thinking you know? that the whole time, Tim. I'm like, the just, walls of the shoe would have never would would have been much better. No. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm like they're in a glorified high school stadium. Yeah, it would have been. It would have been there would have been some wind eddies in there. It would have still been very tough. But uh, when you're playing, and you know, and I, I likened it to the games I've covered when Ohio State's played at Illinois many a time. Yeah, you know, you, you made some trips over there, Andy. That's a wind tunnel when the winds, especially when winds coming out of the north, in the. Uh, in the late fall, and I've seen you know I've seen the teams that had the ball with the wind score, and then when you had the ball against the wind, you did not score, and that decided several of those games over there. It was kind of like that, but then turned up another uh, turned up to eleven. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, yeah, I'm thinking my first date with my wife was there. Like we had known each other for a while, and then we're like, let's go watch Ohio State play at Illinois. <laughs> uh, now you got me thinking about it. And she said yes. Eventually, that's the scary part of it. Wow. Let, let me God, ask you this, too. So I see this stat every week, and I'm always like, I wonder what this really means. And I'm just, I was like, I'm going to ask him about it. OSU yeah. has hit the 20 point mark in 70 straight games. It's the longest streak in NCAA FBS history, with Oklahoma's at 69. This began mm-hmm. in the 2017 season after OSU lost to Oklahoma 31 uh, 16 early in the year. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. 20 straight, 70 games of 20 or more points per game. You guys have had me on here a, a long time. We're starting to develop some, uh, some I don't know, tradition and uh, definitely some longevity. Yes. But I think I've said this at least a couple of times. In Tim May's humble opinion, you know, you hear all these, you know, people say the most important play in football is the punt. You know, yeah, it's important. But the most important football play in any football game is a touchdown. And when you have the equivalent, when you put the equivalent of three touchdowns on the board on a consistent basis, then that other team's got to score at least three touchdowns to stay with you if you follow my drift. Oh, I'm with you. I'm with you. Beat you. You're enlightening yeah. me. Yes. Yeah, and uh, and this is an average. This is actually the number of points Ohio State has put up. You know, I think it's twenty, right? Yeah. But uh, but 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 the but the point is that gives you at least the other team knows it's got to come in thinking it's got to score. This is not going to be a walk in the park for its uh, defense or its offense. And if, if you make those 20 or 21 points, the first 21 scored in the game, it changes everything. If you make them the first 
14 of them, the first 14 points scored in the game, it changes everything because it changes the priorities of the other team's offense. You know, a lot of NFL teams, uh, a guy explained this to me a long time ago. I'd never even thought about it from a salary cap situation. Like uh, the old uh, Indianapolis Colts, uh, by the head, I mean about 15 years ago, 10 or 15 years ago, they were built on the notion of uh, spending about 60 to 65 percent of their cap on offense and about 30 to, you know, 35 to 40 percent of their cap on defense. They needed a good defensive rush, pass rusher. They needed a good safety, wasn't going to get snookered. And they needed some other, like, uh, uh, you know, guy either in the uh, either good, great cornerback or a really good cover uh, linebacker kind of guy. That, those were sort of their priorities on defense because they knew with Peyton Manning and the guys they invested in on offense, like Marvin Harrison Sr., <laughs> you know, and some of these other guys, they were going to be able to score some points, which was going to make the other team have to throw the ball. So now you want to be stout. Making it, making sure the other team doesn't get out of the gate. Bob Sanders, you know, the safety that played there forever, is a great example of that. And uh, who was their great uh, edge rusher for a while? I can't remember his name. But anyway, and you know what I'm saying here is, you build teams, you build your team based on the way you think your team is going to play. Now that's the NFL. College football, you got to recruit guys, you know, or get them out of the transfer portal. You can't always fill necessarily every need you every need you have or every need you have isn't necessarily filled with a veteran guy so you have to keep always uh, working on those ideals but Ohio State is you know Ryan David admitted that you know this this week uh Ohio State is built for the games in December played indoors against a really great opponent uh we're running and mainly throwing are going to be the difference you know college football playoff and the Big Ten championship game and uh, that was a long way around going to answer a question that I'm not even sure you asked. But uh, this is a, a very well-equipped offense. They figured out a way to win last week when they couldn't throw the ball. and uh, you know, But it was against Northwestern, which has not won a game on American soil. Uh, yeah, I can reuse that line again like yet this that. year. Well done. But it was a game Northwestern team that was really got after it and had a good plan on both sides. Tim May joining us from Letterman's Row. He's on the North Olmsted Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline. I, I think it's so intriguing to look at the rankings and see the Buckeyes at two and the Wolverines at three. If it stays that mm-hmm. way going into the game on November 26th, Tim, if the team that loses that game loses close game, one two-point game, does that cost them a spot in the top four? Depends on what else happens, you know, between now and then. I mean – I'm not being a smart aleck. You know, does does the winner go on and win the Big Ten championship? Uh, that will play a factor for sure. Um, you know, does uh, is like like you said. I mean, is TCU going to finish unbeaten? Uh, is Tennessee going to run the table from here on out? Yeah. Uh, is you know, I, I think the 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 Big Ten got hurt in that regard in that scenario last week when Georgia beat Tennessee. I always thought the the uh, you know that Tennessee running the table. Uh, including beating Georgia, and then beating looks like now it's going to be LSU again because they already beat them once this year. Beating them again in the SEC championship game, if the Ohio State Michigan game is close, and one of them goes on and wins the Big Ten championship, I thought they had a better case, better way to make their case. You know, the big thing is going to screw things up, uh, at least for the committee. You know, and you're always looking for that committee to have to work some for those hors d'oeuvres and nice meals they enjoy. Uh, is if uh, LSU beats Georgia, LSU has sitting there with two losses. LSU will be the SEC champion. Uh, 
do you know what do you do with Georgia and Tennessee at that point? I would think Tennessee is out of the thinking, uh, and then Georgia, depending on how well, how, how much it gets beat, it is a defending national championship, which would have run the table unbeaten all the way to the SEC championship game. You got to figure it's going to be a close game. Now that's where the real conundrum comes in. And uh, and the other thing is, of course, if TCU runs undefeated because the committee spoke this week and said, okay, we're taking TCU very serious now. Uh, let's see what happens. Uh, I think that was the I think that was the bell that rang uh, more than louder than anything else uh, on Tuesday night. Tim, I have like thirty seconds here. I'm just curious your thoughts on the Rose Bowl and what's going to happen here with, uh, with the with knows, the bowl man? itself. I don't know. I mean, who knows? I mean, tradition has gone. It flew out the window a long time ago when it came it comes to college football. Talk about the big time traditions. Right. It's really funny how everybody still makes a big deal about a team becoming bowl eligible. Now it's a big achievement. You know, <laughs> you want some of the bowls to go away, but not all the bowls to go away. So you know, I think a playoff is going to an extended playoff is going to incorporate those major bowl games and going to make them more important than ever. It'd be interesting to see if that could be the Big Ten championship game if enough Pac-12 teams jump over. I just I, that's the first thing yeah. I thought, but then you still got to be on New Year's Day. So, Tim, thank you. Yeah. Thank, have a good time at the game tomorrow. It is always a pleasure, fellas. You know that. Thank it is you, always Tim. a pleasure talking to you too, yes, Tim May. Thank you, Letterman Row. Make sure you're listening. He's got all kinds. Of, he's got a podcast with Urban Meyer right now, but make sure you're reading him uh, as as well at Letterman Row. And of course, he was on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. 